Hello, Mississippi and abroad. Welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. I'm joined by our Mississippi State writer, Dalton Middleton, and we'll be joined later in the program by Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Before we get there, folks, I want to thank our partner, the Oxford Park Commission, for coming along for the ride. Lots going on at OPC right now. They're looking for lifeguards. The pool will open Memorial Day weekend and will remain open through Labor Day. Lifeguard candidates must be at least 16 and must have a current lifeguard certification. For questions, email OPC Aquatics Director Jamie Chandler at jamie at oxfordparkcommission.com. That's J-A-M-I-E at oxfordparkcommission.com or just apply online at oxfordms.net. Softball and baseball registrations in soon. The deadline there is April the 4th. Dalton, how you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm all right. I'm going to uh, be honest with you. It's, it's a little selfish when, when this comes out of my mouth a little bit, but I'm, I'm a little happy because uh, I know crossover season isn't completely over, but uh, basketball ended last weekend or this past weekend, and I'm, uh, I'm a little happy about it. <laughs> you know, there's that, there's that kind of uh, – conflict of emotions, I think, that, that beat writers feel. I, I think as a whole, uh, most guys want to see their teams win. You know, you want to see uh, the coaches and the players that you kind of begin to uh, build relationships with. You you understand the work that they put into their sports and their seasons. And, you know, you like to see them be successful. But uh, you get to times like this on the calendar, and uh, it's okay. It, it's okay if one season comes to an end because you got to, you got others that are in full gear. And of course there's spring football and, and Jesus said football you have with you always, you know, so uh, you got that going on too. Right. But uh, I'm telling you, man, yeah, and I'm, I'm, kind of the, I'm, I'm kind of the same way you just said, cause you know, I want to see this, this, the state team win because it, it's always, it's always funner. It's always more fun to cover a winning team anyway. Um, and, you know, I don't want to see those players succeed that we've been covering all year. But then it's also like, you know, they, they they weren't supposed to be in the NIT tournament. They really only got a bid because a bunch of other teams declined, you know, their bids and they get in and then all of a sudden they can't stop winning. And it's just like, oh, come on, come on. This is supposed to be over two weeks ago. <laughs> but yeah, they, uh, they had a good run. And uh, so we're going to see. Well, it's so much better than last year, this time, Dalton, when we were struggling to put meaningful things in the paper and to find meaningful content online. It's really uh, hard to write about uh, sports when the games aren't being played. And uh, anyway, uh, it's just it's just better than it was. And uh, Tom Murphy is checking in. Tom, can you hear me? I can. How's it going, Parrish? Doing great, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, listen, let's talk some baseball with you, man. I, I know uh, uh, Arkansas just uh, came uh, – went, went into Starkville and swept. And I, I don't think uh, – look, I don't think people are surprised that Arkansas would sweep a series, but uh, maybe people are more surprised that Mississippi State didn't at least get in the game. I mean, what's uh, – you know, what, what do you see – what do you take from that series right now, still early in the season? Well, really didn't see that one coming at all. Uh, Mississippi State – pitching staff had just pristine statistics and didn't think that 
the Razorbacks would be able to hit them like they did. Um, particularly, I think there was an uprising in the middle innings on Saturday against Bednar and, and then the Fristo, uh, the same thing. But I, I think the biggest takeaway I had from it was I thought Arkansas played really strong defense and Mississippi State was a little sketchy. I mean, there was a couple of fly balls in the middle game that if they're caught, it prevented a huge inning that Arkansas wound up having. So it was surprising, but I, I think Arkansas is a little bit stronger than maybe I anticipated they were because I thought there were some, a few holes in the batting order here and there uh, in some of the earlier games. and They really still haven't figured out their, their weekend pitching rotation, to be honest, because two of their starters against Mississippi State did not get to five innings, but they managed to pack, uh, patch things together, and Dave Van Horn just has a way about it, and, and here they are. Um, uh, one blowout lost Alabama, and they, they, they haven't lost since then. I want to talk about that uh, blowout loss, just that Alabama series uh, in general in a minute. But, Dalton, I see you nodding your head there, man. Uh, what, what was your takeaway from uh, uh, the state and, and Arkansas series? Yeah, my biggest takeaway was the same as Tom just said right there, the defense. Because uh, you think in that Saturday game, I think Mississippi State was up 4 nothing early in that game. They kind of got to the Arkansas pitcher the same way Arkansas got to Christian McLeod on Friday early in the game jumped on in the first inning, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're up 4 nothing. Uh, Rowdy Jordan loses a uh, pop fly in the outfield, and that results in one run, so then it's 4-1. And then Cameron James makes an error at uh, – oh, there, there was a pop fly again uh, in between Lane Forsyth and Cameron James that falls. That leads to four runs um, because that would have been the third out of the inning. And, uh, you know, that turns Mississippi State from being up 5 nothing to uh, Arkansas being tied with them 5-5 and uh, right there in the fifth, fourth inning and Bednar gets pulled. He probably got pulled anyway because I think his pitch count was a little up. But, um, yeah, and Arkansas was just excellent on defense all weekend. That was uh, that was one of the cleanest fielding teams I've seen all year. Um, and, you know, the, one of the takeaways is just I really do believe that um, it's it's fairer built in Arkansas than everyone else in the SEC. Um and if Arkansas continues to play like the way they did this weekend, I would be surprised not to see them in the national championship at the end of the year. Um, and really, you know, Tom made me feel different about this because I've only seen the, the kid in one series, but I think in a perfect world where there's no Kumar Rocker or Jack Leiter, Christian Franklin's your SEC player of the year. <laughs> well, he had a big series against Mississippi State, but this is a reason why I didn't think Arkansas well first of all I thought Mississippi State would win the series but Franklin and Matt Goodhart were both hitting um you know 260s maybe 270 and Robert Moore who they tried to have in the leadoff spot was hitting worse than that and, and now he's hitting down in the eight and nine spots but they just woke up this weekend I don't know what the the hitting atmosphere was like maybe the wind was going out one day but Goodhart homered in all three games and seems to have his stroke back and and Franklin was he just he's a guy who can just light up on a weekend and he hadn't done it a lot. Um, just kind of going along a few home runs here and there. But then the, the big uh, Friday game seemed to get him going. Then he hit another one on Saturday. So um, they're, they're getting some supporting cast stuff like Caden Wallace, the freshman hitting in the three, four, five holes is is improving for him. And, uh, yeah, the, Van the Vanderbilt staff, I don't 
I don't know if anybody can compare us to them. They, I was looking up the stats. They lead the SEC in, in ERA by uh, over Mississippi State by about eight-tenths of a, a point-eight-tenths of a run. And with Leiter and Rocker, every weekend you've got advantage in two out of three games for definite. Well, Tom, I'm listening to you here. And one of the things that comes back to me, you said you thought State was going to win the series. I listen to that, and and I'm reminded that uh, I think beat riders are harder on the teams they cover because they know the flaws. And and I look at I look at Ole Miss right now, and it's hard for me to wrap my mind around them as the number three team in the country because I see some areas in which they can improve and be better. And, and maybe it's that old Vince Lombardi thing where, uh, hey, you know, you're not going to be perfect, but you're going to strive for perfection, and along the way, you're going to achieve greatness. I think we've got some really good teams for covering, but we know the flaws. Uh, talk to me about that Arkansas and Alabama series, Tom, and, and how in the world did uh, did Alabama win 16-1 to in that first game? Well, at that point, Peyton Paulette was their Friday starter, and the two previous outings to that, he his, his walks were a little more up, uh, wasn't lasting as long in the games, and – they, you know, he's a little bit shaky. I mean, the guy can hit 97 or 98 on the radar, uh, but the command of his other pitches, I think, was was hurting him against Alabama. In the second inning, now they had a couple of guys on in the first, but in the second inning, I think he walked about two or three guys. He hit a guy, and and then they started hitting the ball on him, and it snowballed, and he was only responsible for for the runs, and then they brought in a guy – <clears throat> who had not pitched a lot, but they think a lot of, uh, named uh, Blake Adams, and he couldn't find the strike zone. He walked a bunch of guys and gave up a couple of long, you know, a long ball and a, and a like a bases loaded double, and all of a sudden Alabama has ten runs. I mean, they can they can jump out and strike you like that, <clears throat> and I mean they're not a bad team. I and mean, you saw them this weekend. They they had the first game almost in hand on that double header, uh, <laughs> and then blew it late and, and both teams blew up in the ninth inning so I, I, I say this about Arkansas's pitching staff Paulette was the Friday starter now he's not um uh Vermillion had been pitching very well he had two eight inning outings prior to Mississippi State who knocked him out in the Saturday game I think in the third or fourth inning uh, but Paulette came in in long relief in the first game and was great saved the bullpen with what he did on Friday against Mississippi State. And then a guy named Kevin Copps, another long reliever, came in on Saturday and, and did a great job, had a long outing. And to me, that kind of – that was the, the pitching aces of the weekend for Arkansas were their long relief guys, Paulette and, and Kevin Copps. But I tell you what, Ole Miss is sitting here at 6-0, back-to-back sweeps. And, and when you say they haven't gotten to the meat of the schedule, they haven't. Okay, the, the teams that are projected to be the best in the conference, they still have left to play. They're coming up starting this weekend uh, with Florida, then, then Arkansas, Mississippi State. So the teams that we think or we thought were going to be the better teams in the conference are still to come. But when you say that, it's like you're trashing Alabama and Auburn, like you're you're casting them as also Rans, and and they're good teams and they can pick you off as they as they did with. Uh, with Arkansas in that game. Um, one thing I wanted to throw out right here, I'd like to hear what both of y'all say on this. It looks like uh, 
there are some elite arms in the conference that are throwing a lot of innings right now. Both of those Vanderbilt guys, Leiter and Rocker, uh, are like leading the conference in innings in SEC games. Uh, Gunnar Hoagland is up there for Ole Miss. Uh, what kind of wear and tear do you think we see? I mean, is, is that going to factor in at the end of the season uh, when Mike Bianco doesn't go to his bullpen a little earlier, when uh, Tim Corbin doesn't uh, go to his bullpen in these games? So what kind of effects do you think we see? Dalton, let's start with you. Uh, well, I think there's going to be guys that are tired at the end of the year for sure. Um, and I will say this is one of the things that uh, I think Chris Lamonis does really well at Mississippi State is uh, I don't think there's been a guy on the Mississippi State staff that's thrown over 85 pitches this year. And, and, and you kind of mentioned the innings. I don't think it's an innings thing. I think it's a pitch count thing because um, you see the, the Jack Leiter kid at Vanderbilt who threw 125, 130 pitches two weeks ago. No hitter comes back six, seven days later and throws 110 pitches. And it's just like, you know, it's early in the season. You don't, there's no reason to be throwing these guys 110 pitches every single outing. And I think uh, Gunnar Hoagland has has thrown a few couple really long outings like that too. And, but um, on the flip side of that, I really do think, you know, when Mississippi State gets down into this, into the grind of the season, they're going to need some of these guys to go longer than four innings or 80 pitches or something. You know, sometimes I think Bedner's getting pulled, well, Bedner's getting pulled about 75 pitches every Saturday. Um, You know, that can be three innings right there. You're going to need that guy to go an extra inning and a half sometimes, you know, to try to get a quality start out of them. Um, But, yeah, I think that's one thing that Chris Lamonis has done really well is, uh, you know, it it is a long season, and he's kind of saving these arms, trying to save arms as as much as possible, get as many guys as the bullpen. And, you know, State's thrown 25 pitchers this year. So uh, that is a a plus for this – it's a plus, I guess, for this year with all the COVID – uh, rules and how many pl- players you can have, how many pitchers you can have on the staff. So uh, you, I think you will see some wear and tear and some some arms getting tired by the end of the season. But, uh, you know, you uh, there, there's going to be a, enough pitching on every team, I think, to get through a lot of that. Tom, is uh, Leiter's arm going to fall off? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what Dalton just said. And it's it's just each individual pitching coach and, and head coach who knows their their players – and um, knows what kind of training that, that a Kumar rocker, a big kid, I mean, he's durable, and you'd think he, he could be a hoss and, and give you five or six innings week after week. Um, I covered a guy, Blaine Knight here, who he had a couple of four or five inning outings during the way. He didn't have a good, a good game at Mississippi State during the 2018 season, uh, but he didn't have a loss, and he, he went 14-0, and and in the College World Series, he – pitched them to wins over Texas and um, Oregon State, and he never faltered, and he was a kind of a wiry guy. So it just depends on how you take care of the arms and how many if – you're, if you're pitching 95, 100 pitches, how many of them are, are in pressure situations? Are you pitching with guys on base, you know, in four or five innings during a game? Because those are harder pitches when you have to bear down. So um, I don't know if Leiter and Rocker have been in a, a ton of, of critical situations, but I've got to think Vandy has plenty of arms. If they need to take a light weekend later in the season, that those two guys could do it because you can just tell Vanderbilt's roster is built for a long haul. Now, this question applied to Arkansas. Uh, their starters have not 
I'm not sure if any starter's gone past um, 85 or 90, much like Mississippi State, but they're still trying to figure it out. I mean, right now their weekend rotation is Wicklander, and that was his first weekend start, by the way, against Mississippi State. And and then Vermillion, who had given them two eight-inning outings, but I want to say max around 90 pitches. Um, and then uh, Lyle Lockhart, who's been in the rotation all year, but he's averaging four or five innings per outing. So I don't think I, – I think Arkansas has got a plenty deep pitching staff because of COVID. They had several guys who, if that had been a regular uh, MLB draft year, Vermillion, he would be gone. Uh, Kevin Copps might be gone. There would be several guys who would have been gone. Yeah, the Ole Miss bullpen is benefiting from uh, some guys coming back as well. I need to check on on Hoagland's pitches. But uh, you know, for him to go some of the innings that he's going, it's, it's a little different, you know, because he's a – He's a strikeout guy, and those guys that, uh, you know, that that really ring up those strikeout numbers, he's leading the nation right now, um, they throw a lot of pitches. So uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know, and Ole Miss has got a good bullpen too. So, But uh, I know that uh, coaches, they, they want to go with their best guys. Tom, one more question for you, man. I know you got to, uh, got to uh, check out here. Is the conference uh, – are we right with some of these projections? Uh, is Florida is going to be as good as we think? I mean, we're seeing South Carolina rise. We see Tennessee rise with a sweep of LSU. Dalton, I know you saw LSU on, on opening weekend. Where, where do you think uh, Tennessee, South Carolina, and some of these other teams uh, fit in uh, when, when the dust settles? Uh, start us off, Tom. Well, that's a great question, and I, I don't know. I, I do feel like Vanderbilt has the pieces to – to, to be able to stay up there. South Carolina, Florida series, a little bit bizarre with the sweep um, by the Gamecocks. Uh, who rose up and beat Vanderbilt on Sunday? So, you know, they're, I, they're solid. And I saw that team a couple of years ago in a Super Regional, and they were, they were very good. Um, I, I think Tony Vitello does a great job. I obviously covered him here at Arkansas. And I, I think he's putting together a roster, recruiting well. Uh, but they all can't be – you know, they all can't be up there um, with the same, you know, loss totals. People are going to get beat. It's like SEC football. There's every year in SEC football, there's a team that is going to have four, five, or six losses that you just – that blow you away. And uh, so some of these teams are going to fall off. I mean, Georgia – Dave Van Horn raves about how good Georgia is, and, you know, they weren't even in your question because they haven't gotten off to a great conference start. Right. Um, and in Florida – how did that happen? You just got swept, you know, by, by South Carolina. So it's a bizarre, bizarre conference. And because we're rosters are deeper and they're carrying more guys this year. And, and most of the teams uh, uh, retained players who might've been gone otherwise on any given weekend, you can rise up. I mean, I don't expect Arkansas to go on the road and continue to, to play like they did against Mississippi state. Now the de defense I think should travel. But um, it, it is a tough deal. Auburn is a good team. And here they are, winless, and now having to play three at Arkansas. You know, wh where do they go? It, it, it's, it's a tough, tough deal. And Dave Van Horn had this quote Sunday, this is a tough league and it'll eat you up if you let it. So you can't get too down, you can't get too up. And, and Butch Thompson's got to keep Auburn on a <laughs> – keep pushing, man. It's, it's tough. 
Tom, good stuff, man. Thanks for being with us. I know you, you may have to run. You can hang around in the Zoom or you can uh, take off. Uh, we're going to talk basketball here in a little bit. We're going to go probably another, uh, you know, eight or eight or nine minutes. But uh, we appreciate you being with us. Dalton, I want to uh, come back to you. One more baseball question on LSU. What, what did you see in LSU that weekend? And uh, do you think, uh, look, uh, is is the uh, – the, the being swept by uh, uh, Tennessee is, is, was that surprising to you? Yeah, it was surprising to me because, uh, you know, LSU, you look at the record of one in five right now, they did beat, they took one out of three from state um, when they played down there. But, you know, the thing that stuck out to me at LSU whenever I, whenever I was down there was that Jaden Hill and Landon Marceau are, are two top, 10 SEC arm, two premier SEC arms. And then um, when, when state was down there, the offense just wasn't producing for them. And, and, and it's really weird because, you know, LSU had been scoring so much all the, all non-conference season, you know, and hitting all these home runs and leading the SEC in home runs, batting average and stuff. And then all of a sudden against state's pitching staff, I think they scored, you know, two runs or three runs in the first two games combined. I think they were shut out in the game and, they just weren't hitting the ball at all. And so Jaden Hill and Landon Marceau, I think Landon Marceau gave up zero runs and, gave, and got a loss, or zero earned runs and got a loss. Um, but yeah, I was surprised to see them get swept. But um, kind of like Tom mentioned right there at the end, right before he logged off, um, was that every team has so much talent this year because all these guys are, you know, got an extra year. And so, you know, all these guys that would have been drafted in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round are all back and playing, and they're all extremely talented. But then also, you think, you know, you got some of these guys who maybe have been seniors last year that, uh, you know, were pretty good or you know, good enough to maybe be drafted late or, or you know, just go somewhere else and finish their career or, or end it um, and move on with their lives. But now these guys had an extra year and, you know, now these guys are 22 kind of right there in their prime. And all of a sudden they're getting the whole extra year. Um, and so you see some of those seniors and everything and they're so, so talented. So I think like the Tennessee, South Carolina, stuff like that. I mean, every team is going to be really good this year and it's going to be hard to sweep. Um, it's it's, it's going to be harder to sweep than a normal year. I feel like, because you, you know, Auburn and Alabama, like you said, are not bad teams. But I just think every team is the, the top teams in our conference are the top teams for a reason, and then everyone else is still really good. But they had to battle it out, kind of like Tom mentioned. There's going to be some teams like Auburn, who's zero and six, LSU that's one and five. That uh, you're kind of like, how is that happening? Yeah, yeah. And you just you figure LSU will turn a corner because they're LSU. You you just expect it. But uh, look, if you're not uh, if you're not getting better, you're falling behind and other teams are, are changing, you know, other teams don't stay the same. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch. You know, there's a lot of games, a lot of SEC well, baseball games, man, 30 game schedule. I, I feel for LSU because, you know, sitting there and like, oh, they're one and five and all of a sudden, you know, they'll turn it around, you know, maybe they have Missouri this week or something, but they're one and five and they got to play uh, Vanderbilt this weekend. So it's just, it, it's rough going for the Tigers down there and, uh, and you know what? But you know what could happen uh, in a situation like that. We, we've you, you see you see teams that maybe get off to a slow start, one and five, and then you run into a Vanderbilt, and then maybe you get swept, or maybe you lose two. Maybe you leave that series and you're you're two and seven. Uh, 
then your confidence drops. Uh, look, it, it becomes a hole that that you it's hard to get out of. Maybe it spirals. I mean, you know, I don't know that that would happen for LSU, but you can you can dig yourself such a hole that uh, look, you take certain goals off your plate. Maybe you you become an NCAA tournament team and you have to go on the road as a two and fight your way, uh, you know, fight your way back into a super regional, something like that. But look, all these games count. You know, nobody's going to look back at you at the, in the middle of May and say, well, they, they had a tough start. Uh, you know, it, it, it matters right now. So yeah, it's, it's tough for LSU to come off a sweep and, and then have to uh, take on Vanderbilt. And, you know, I know that's a topic that's being discussed, uh, you know, in and around Baton Rouge. And at the same time, uh, you know, what, what, what if they, uh, you know, win two in that series? So anyway, I'm really interested to see what, uh, what Ole Miss does uh, in, in the weeks ahead, the next three series uh, against the teams that we thought were going to be elite uh, in the SEC, against teams that have been the top 10 teams uh, this year. I'm looking at this Ole Miss team, Dalton, right now, and I still, uh, I see an offense that, that needs to hit the better pitching better, if that makes sense. They really, uh, you know, they, they scored eight in the ninth against Alabama. They got into that bullpen. Uh, they got into the bullpen on in, in game three and uh, stretched the lead then. But uh, Connor Shamlin was a surprise starter in game three, and he threw like four scoreless innings. Um, they've got to hit earlier in games. I think they're going to face – better bullpens than Alabama as the, as the season goes on. So they, they've got to find guys who are more consistent. I'm, I'm looking right now, and I see Justin Bench. You know, people will look at Tim Elko and think, man, what, what a game. And he had a great game in game three, four for five, a double, a home run, drove in five runs. I think he'd had one hit in the series uh, before, that, uh, before that game three. Justin Bench kind of quietly, two hits each game, six for 11, uh, T.J. McCants uh, had a good weekend. They need to find more uh, from, from guys like that. Elko's going to have those breakout games. Kevin Graham will have those games. Hayden Dunhurst will have those games. It's, you've got to have the others. And they're doing a good job of taking walks and getting on base. But uh, they've got to really just get that timely hit more. They had opportunities uh, earlier against Alabama, but uh, they're going to have to uh, score earlier in games. It's just uh, they're not going to be able to handle that pressure if you keep, uh, you know, getting to the middle innings, later innings, and and you haven't done much on offense. So, again, I say beat riders are harder on the teams they cover because this has been uh, a good team. Starting pitching has been good. Uh, It was good to see them get Doug Nikhazy back. Uh, Bullpen has been good, and, and I'm interested to see how, Max Chofi factors in as he comes comes back. So uh, lots of SEC baseball to play. Uh, just two games, just two series in, folks, six games in. So a uh, lot still to be decided, but uh, we are glad you decided to uh, click in with us today on Justify Your Existence. Uh, be sure to check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu On the left, scroll down to the Ole Miss and Mississippi State pages and watch the stories flow. You can find us on Facebook as well. Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford and Mississippi State discussion with Dalton Middleton. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.